Hey there, it's Winston Faircloth, and welcome back to the Begin Again podcast. So today's story is a really interesting one. What happens when you are in early elementary school and your teacher sees a gift in you that you don't see for yourself? And then years later, a friend observes that exact same gift. Do you deny that gift or do you embrace that gift? And we are going to find out in this story today with Jennifer Harshman why embracing what people observe in you as your gifting can fundamentally change your life. Her own begin again moment begins now. All right, Jennifer Harshman, welcome to the Begin Again podcast. Thank you for having me, Winston. Uh, so, Jennifer, you've it's been such a joy to work with you as a client and also to just watch your growth over the last several years in some of the groups that I've been part of, we've been part of together. So why don't you start out by telling folks a little bit about who you are and the people that you serve today? Okay. My name is Jennifer Harshman. I'm a married homeschooling mom of three. And the people that I serve are generally coaches, speakers, leaders, business owners, people who need to use written content to better serve their businesses or their customers and who might want some help getting that message out. And you've you've done that for a variety of people along the way. You've worked on some really impressive book projects and and other kinds of products over the years. What are some of the ones that are some of your favorites that you've worked on in the past? You can, I know you may be bound by confidentiality or something like that. So you can describe some of the types of things that you've done. Okay. Um, and you're right. There are definitely some that I'm, I have signed non-disclosure agreements and I can't name names, but some of them I can. Um, I've done some fairly big um, websites and blogs. I've helped with the content there, whether writing or editing. And then some of the books that I've done recently, Dan Miller's book, 48 Days to the Work You Love. There's a 2020 edition. I edited that. I edited the Bezos Letters and the Millennial Whisperer. Those are some of the ones in the last year or so. So how did you get into this line of work? This is uh, This is fascinating to me in terms of just how did you find this kind of vocation? What made you so interested in it? Well, I was helping a friend and it's one of those things that was right under my nose my entire life. And I never saw it until somebody kind of bonked me on the head and said, Hey, dummy, look, and she did it in a nice kind way. Um, but she, she did point out that I had this skill set that not very many people have. And I had been looking for something that I could do at home with my kids. You know, I deal with chronic illnesses and they have some conditions too. And so we had a, a special set of circumstances that I had to work around and build a business around. So when she asked me for help, um, her boss came to her and said, we need to edit this two volume set to publish in London. It needs to be done in British style. And she had no idea how to edit, had no interest in learning any of that. And she knew that I did. So she asked me if I would subcontract that, if I would take that job and do it. And I said, I don't know the first thing about editing in British style. I've only done American works. And so she said, she knew that I had taught myself how to catalog books for a library and 
that most people go to school for a master's degree to be able to do that. So if I could teach myself that, I could teach myself the difference between American style and British style for publication. So she said, please just, just do it. So I did, loved it, sent it back. Her boss loved it. And when he found out that I had not been editing full time for a living, he said, well, why not? Because, you know, I have the skills. So that was my begin again moment, I guess. That was when I realized that I did have something that I could do. And I slowly built that over time into now it's a full-fledged agency with about 20 team members. So it's been a journey. That's amazing. So were you always interested in words? You were, as a, as a young girl, were you always interested in, in books and reading? And this is something that comes naturally to you? Definitely. Uh, I taught myself to read when I was three and taught myself to write right after that. And from that point on, I pretty much ate every book I could get my hands on. And uh, when I was in third grade was when my teacher pulled me aside and asked me to help her with the memo she was sending home to the parents and the way she was so secretive about it and the big deal she made about it was my first indication that I had a special skill set that other people don't have. Wow. Isn't that amazing how uh, that one moment kind of set you on this trajectory of, of doing this now as a full-time vocation and, and calling in your life. So you, you had this one job that um, you, you really impressed these folks and this lit a spark under you in terms of thinking, how, did, how do you get from there to an agency? How did that happen? Well, the first thing that I realized was that I needed to study the Chicago Manual of Style. That is the trade book editing Bible. And so I went out and bought one and started there. So I was at the time running an in-home daycare and you know, taking care of my young children at home. So I did the, the self-study on the side. And then I talked with a couple of friends and said, hey, I'm going, you know, I'm working on this and I'm going to be starting a business part-time out of my home. And if you, you know, if you want to write that book or start that blog or anything like that and you'd like some help, just let me know. And of course, word spread. People loved the work that I did for them and they told people about it. And it's just grown from there. Um, I've, I've never run an ad in the 10 years that I've been doing this full-time uh, because I've never needed to. That's amazing. So I bet there are people in our audience that are listening to you and saying, oh my gosh, I have this book inside me, right? I have this, I have this content. I have this message inside of me. H how do they get started? I mean, I don't even know anything about the book publishing world. So tell us a little bit about, give us some help in terms of getting started or thinking, you know, I've got this idea, Jennifer, help me figure this out. What do I do? One of the things that I love to do with people to bring out that idea is to take a giant sheet of paper or a poster board and just start mind mapping, brainstorm, you know, put in the middle your title or topic, you know, what is it you want to say to the world and then branch out from that and have the different areas that are part of that idea and the different ways it can be approached and just brain dump just everything that you can possibly think of for you know half hour hour and then the next step would be to go to amazon or some other you know you can go to a physical bookstore online bookstore and look at books that are similar to what you want to create and look at their tables of contents 
and see what might you be missing on your mind map that other books have addressed and determine whether or not you want to put them in your book. Sometimes you'll look at it and say, you know what, all of, you know, eight of the 10 have this, but this is not important to me. I don't need to include that. It's just something to get you some more information and help you make decisions. And so is, is writing a book a really difficult thing for people to do? It is one of the scariest things for people to do. Almost everyone wants to write one. Um, I've seen stats that say 84% of Americans say, I want to write a book, but fewer than 1% actually do it. So what's stopping people? It's fear. And it's the not knowing what first step to take, not knowing how to get started and, and go through the process. So what I encourage people to do is break it down into the smallest possible bite. After you've done that mind dump or that, that mind map, just start with one sentence or set a timer for two minutes and just write as fast as you can. Don't edit. Don't worry about grammar. Don't backspace. Just dump out something. Write a very crummy sentence for me. That's what I tell people. You can write a bad sentence, right? Everybody says, well, of course I can. So go and do that because once you have something there, then you can shape it. If you don't have something, you know, if you don't have clay on the table, you can't turn it into anything. So just get started and, and then you can go a little further. So this is where your special talent comes into play because I can bring you the clay, right? I can bring you my, my collection of ideas and concepts and messages that I want to bring forward. And this is where... This, I, I, this is one thing I've heard people that do a lot of self-publishing skip this step and it really hurts their message is that they don't get professional editing done. In other words, they think, well, I, I know what I'm trying to say. I'll edit myself. And yes, there is that editing process you have to do, but having a professional walk alongside you has some real benefits, right? really does. Um, you know, you'll, you'll hear the saying that nowadays, anyone can be an author, anyone can self publish. And that's a double edged sword. Because also anyone can be an author and self publish, you'll see a lot of stuff out there that really isn't ready yet, because it hasn't been through that editing process. And, you know, we are all blind to our own errors, we can read over something that we've written, and there's an error in that sentence, but we totally overlook it because we know what we intended to write there. And so when we read it, our brain will automatically fix that error and we'll just go right on. But with somebody else looking at it, they don't know necessarily exactly what words you intended to put down on that page. So when they read it, they can catch errors and see things that you just can't see yourself. So when you're working with an author or content creator, I want to keep it broad because you're doing blogs, you're doing lots of different content categories here. What, what's that iterative process between you and the author look like? I mean, how does that work? Are you, are you reworking things? Are you, are you just catching errors? What does that look like? It really depends on what that client needs. So sometimes, um, I'm even ghostwriting. So sometimes I'm even creating it for them, but sometimes they'll come to me at the developmental stage and they've got ideas or they may have a first rough draft and then we'll work through that. Other times they'll come to me farther along down the path 
and they have their completed manuscript and it needs copy editing. Mm -hmm. And that's where I would go through and look at spelling, grammar, punctuation errors, things like that. So it really just depends on what it is they need and where they are in that process. So I bet a lot of people have heard the term ghostwriter, but <laughs> what, is, what does that really mean in terms of how that person still flows through to the final product uh, versus somebody just writing it and they just putting their name on it? What's, what's that like? One of the most important things when you're ghostwriting is to make sure that you're capturing your client's voice and your client is the author, their name is what goes on it. Sometimes you'll get author name with, and then your name as the ghostwriter. But a lot of times your name is nowhere to be found. It just depends on what kind of contract negotiations and things like that, that, that you've been able to bring about. But the process usually looks like they will provide you with something, at least an outline. Um, maybe you'll sit together and do some interviewing and ask a list of questions that will help to draw out their material. Sometimes they'll have notes and they'll say, you know what, I started to write a book and I have this kind of a mess here. Can you take this and then and go and, and rework it and, and add to it and things like that. So that's another, it just depends on what that person needs, what they come to you with. So what, what of this process do you really enjoy the most? What, what lights you up and brings you the most joy in terms of, because you're doing this direct work, but then you're also shepherding and coaching a, a wide variety of people who are interested in this work too. So uh, share a little bit about your favorite parts of, of your work. My favorite parts definitely have to do with the coaching and bringing about results. So sometimes, you know, I do some, I still have my hands in, uh, in the agency and I still do some editing directly myself, other things I send to the team. And then I have coaching calls that I leave the summer for writers and some are for people who want to have the freelance editing business themselves. And this is the one that I really, I catch a lot of static for because a lot of other people will say, well, my goodness, you're training your competition. Why would you do that? And to me, I don't look at it that way at all. I look at it as a rising tide lifts all boats. The pie is big enough for all of us to have all we want and more. So I don't look at it as I'm helping my competition. I look at it as, you know, I was put here to help people and make a difference in the world. So one person, just me, can only do so much. But if I train 20 people per year who can go out and do what I do, then it just magnifies and creates bigger and bigger ripples in the world. And that just, that makes my day. And when somebody says, oh, hey, I was able to do this with this book and improve it this way, or look at this review that my author's book received, and I know that I contributed to that, Winston, I just, I grin ear to ear, my jaws hurt. I smile so much when, when things like that happen. So I just, I love that, bringing about potential and making a difference. Well, and, and you know, you said earlier that 84% of people want to write a book and only 1% do it you can't cover all that world. And, and I, I'm also guessing that the people who have these trusted relationships already may be the person that draws that person over the line to actually begin that process, right? Yes, absolutely. That is so cool. So the people that you're seeing come into your programs, what's their background? What, what was their trigger to getting interested in doing this work as well? Most of them have the same type of situation that I had when I started off. They are at home 
you know, whether it's stay-at-home mom, stay-at-home dad, they're dealing with some sort of disability in themselves or in their children, and they most of the home most of them homeschool, mm-hmm. so they have a certain set of circumstances that they know that they have to work within, and sometimes it's difficult to find something that they can do at any hour of the day or night. Uh, and this is something with you know with freelance work, there's a lot of flexibility. So with freelance editing especially, I get up anywhere between 2 a.m. and 4 a.m. and I can have a full work day in before lunch. So that gives me a lot of flexibility to school my kids in the afternoon, go on field trips, you know, just a variety of things like that. So most of them are looking for something that they can do at home that's flexible. And and given our current uh, stay-at-home orders in many states, this is a great way for people to apply their talent to have something that's super flexible because these I'm guessing that there are overall deadlines, but then there's flexibility within that in terms of how you manage your day and how you're managing your output, right? Yes, there is. Um, Another thing that I'm seeing quite a bit is people people think that they have to have the editing skill set in place already. And I really want to address that. You don't, especially, you know, the people that I work with, I look for the right kind of person. If there's someone who takes initiative, if there's someone who cares about creating a quality product, if they have the right kind of attitude and approach to things, I can teach the skills all day long. You know, my bachelor's degree is in elementary education, so teaching is my thing. And I can I can impart those skills, but I don't have the inclination to turn someone into the right kind of person. So if somebody listening has that idea that, well, um, you know, I would love to do this kind of thing, but I don't know how, don't let that stop you. Don't let that stop you at all. There are ways to learn the skills. There are ways that you can go about it. If you're the right kind of person, go for it. So do you have a favorite story in terms of one of your projects? Again, you can protect the innocent here with, uh, (laughs) with any particulars, but in terms of a book that really or a project that really uh, had a, a big impact that you really love? It's like asking you to cherish your favorite child. I know it. It's not a fair question, but uh, do you have some, some stories from your 10 years that you really think epitomizes what makes this work so enjoyable to you? Oh, my goodness. There are so many. Just in general, the clients that are attracted to me are people who want to make a difference. So every book that I work on is going to be helping people. And that, that to me is just, I pinch myself sometimes and I say, I get paid to do this? Like, oh my goodness. But there was one early on that I made a very strategic decision to take on this particular client. It was a very tight turnaround. And I normally do not recommend that. I recommend giving yourself plenty of time because if you get you know, too pressured, too stressed, you're going to overlook errors and you might even introduce errors into the work. So with great caution, I took this on and it was a book for James Woosley, his first book, Conquer the Entrepreneur's Kryptonite. And he ended up starting a small press after he did this book with me. And one day he called and he, he apologized just straight out the gate. Jennifer, I am so sorry. And I said, 
for what? What's going on? And he said, what I did to you with my book, I, I am so sorry I did that. I had no idea what I was doing with such a tight turnaround. And I just laughed and I said, you know, I knew what you were doing and I chose to do it because I knew it's a really good book. It's going to help people and that we would develop a working relationship and good things would come from it. So that was one of the one of the ones I'm just the most proud of for making that choice and doing that. And he and I have had a fabulous working relationship ever since. Um, he sends me referrals on a regular basis and we're talking about possibly doing something separate um, outside of what we've already been doing. So it's just made a big difference in my life and I know in his too. Oh, beautiful. I love it so much. So for the person out there that's listening and who's facing their own challenge, perhaps their own beginning and moment, what kind of advice do you have from them out of your own personal experience or professional experience that would help them uh, as an inspirational takeaway? Look at whatever it is that you're wanting to accomplish and break it down into the smallest possible bite that you can take the smallest possible step. And when you look at that smallest possible thing, it should be so small that when you look at it, you think that's ridiculous. That's not going to move me forward. What, what difference is that going to make when you get it that small? And when you think, well, of course I can do that thing. Yeah, I can do that in like five minutes. That's the thing I want you to start on. Take that and do it and feel how good it feels to have started and to have made progress and give yourself that that moment to celebrate and then look at the next one and just keep repeating just like that. And before you know it, you'll be looking back going, wow, look how far I've come with this thing. I love it. And that's so true. I mean, uh, I've heard, you probably have heard the adage that it's hard to steer a parked car. And sometimes we just have to take that very first step and then we get momentum because now we see we can do it. And uh, I love that. It's so beautiful. So now we've got everyone so excited to want to work with you and to know about how they can plug into all the different things that you offer. Uh, wh what are the best ways for people to connect with you? And if you want to describe your, your core services again, I think that'd be wonderful. Okay. Um, the easiest way to connect with me would, there are two, email and Facebook. So my email is jennifer at harshmanservices.com. Mm -hmm. And I'm on Facebook, Jennifer Harshman. Yeah, we'll, we'll include those two links in, in the show notes. And then you have a variety of services you offer in terms of uh, both your coaching as well as your direct services out of the agency. Mm -hmm. So we help people with everything from blogs to books at any stage from concept to completion. And there are different packages for different budgets and timeframes and all of that. Basically, if you have a need there, let me know. We'll figure out um, if I can't help you, then I help you find someone else because my number one goal is to help you get exactly what you need, even if it's not me. Mm -hmm. And then I have coaching packages for writers, um, whether it be for productivity and accountability, things like that, or for people who want to be editors. Um, just so many different things that we have going on. Um, one is a, I have a group coaching program for people who provide services to authors. We have editors in there. We have some ghostwriters in there. We have proofreaders, people who handle formatting and layout, design, things like that, all in this one group. And we meet every Monday 
So uh, Zoom call for about an hour or so every Monday, and we have a lot of fun in there. That's awesome. So thank you for bringing your light and your passion about this work. I know there's there's going to be several people on this listening to this podcast that say, okay, I'm ready to step out of the 84%. I'm ready to step in being part of the one, two, four, five 5%, 10% people that are going to get this done. So thank you for sharing your story, Jennifer. Uh, really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Winston. It's a pleasure. Hey there, it's Winston Faircloth, and welcome back to episode 49 of the Begin Again podcast. So today's story is a really interesting one. What happens when you are in early elementary school and your teacher sees a gift in you that you don't see for yourself? And then years later, a friend observes that exact same gift. Do you deny that gift or do you embrace that gift? And we are going to find out in this story today with Jennifer Harshman why embracing what people observe in you as your gifting can fundamentally change your life. Her own begin again moment begins now. 